Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's deputy editor and podcast host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookie writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about a specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks, and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Lucy Doe to the podcast today. Lucy is the founder of the Dodo Micropub in Hanwell, which she opened in 2017, a friendly community-focused space with an all-female team that has won several awards, most recently the Be Inclusive Hospitality Bar of the Year. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. So today we're going to be taking a deep dive into the world of micropubs. Could you start by explaining what exactly a micropub is? Yes. So a micropub is basically a one room friendly community focused pub. Um, They're kind of your opposite of your big pubs, traditional pubs that you're used to seeing. So most of the pubs in the UK are owned by Heineken or Green King. Um, A micropub is a complete free house. So uh, it's normally a converted shop of some sort and it's been turned into a licensed premises. And does that mean that you are in complete control of what you serve? Yeah, yeah. So we constantly rotate our beer. We don't have a kind of a a standard beer that's always on. There's new stuff coming through all the time. Cool. And micropubs aren't run by your typical landlords or landladies, are they? And you you said actually that um, they're often set up by crazy people, your words. (laughs) 
<laughs> my words. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most other microprop owners would agree with that. Uh, yeah, they're never normally set up. Maybe you might have worked in the pub industry before, but the most most of the microprop owners that I've met, they have done something completely different. So right. I spent over 14 years in publishing before I decided to open up my own micropub. Um, I know the Watchmakers Arms in Hove, one of the owners was an ex-teacher. Yeah. Uh, lots of IT people seem to end up in micropub ownership okay. for some odd reason. So yeah, it's not like a traditional path. So it seems like a crazy dream, but then you managed to make it happen. Yeah, some people try, think it's like a good retirement plan to have. Yeah. I would argue no. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> Don't retire with yeah. a micropub. How, how did you make the jump then from publishing to doing it? What, tell us a little bit about that journey. Uh, it was quite a, a kick in the rear is probably the best way to say it. So I got made redundant from um, my last publishing role and with that redundancy came uh, some cash yeah. and it was a bit of a situation where I was like, I could burn this cash, buy the handbag, go travelling <laughs> or I can investigate whether I'd always had a pipeline dream of running my own business yeah. just always knew but I thought I would become like a marketing consultant of some sort because yeah. that's all I knew and then I went to a micropub and I absolutely loved the concept and I was like oh could this work in West London where I grew up basically yeah and that's where it started so what what pub inspired you then? So it was called the Just Reproach in Deal. It's okay. still alive and kicking which is great to see. I don't know what it's like now loads but when I went in Deal, they've got a very friendly term for us Londoners who go down on like a, a weekend away from London. We're called DFLs, which is down from London. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think I went into the Just Reproach thinking, oh, they're going to hate me because I'm definitely a DFL. I'm yeah. definitely the candidate <laughs> they don't enjoy. People just swooping in and out for a yeah. weekend. But it was the friendliest, most yeah. unpretentious, warmest experience of oh, a pub wow. I've had. And I was like, that's what pub experiences should be like. Yeah. And what sort of, I mean, legally, what do you have to do to like open a pub? Because do you have to jump through loads of hoops? I there mean, are the, quite a lot yeah. of hoops, yeah. And there can be quite a lot of obstacles. So you, if you're taking on a premises that isn't traditionally a licensed premises, so mine yeah. used to be an arts and crafts cafe for kids. Oh, okay. Uh, I have to apply for a license that turns it into a place that can sell alcohol. So there's a license application, there's planning application, which anybody who's ever done anything to their home or anything like that is long and long, really tedious. Yeah. Uh, and then because you're uh, opening up somewhere that sells alcohol, people have the right to object to your business plan. Oh, really? And I had a lot of people Did thinking you? that I was opening up, I don't know, the next Stringfellows or something like that. Like <laughs> so many objections. So I had to go to a public hearing, which is basically just me against uh, wow. the council and, you know, other bodies like the police and, and residents yeah. who weren't happy with the concept of a micropub opening up. So there are hoops to jump through. Uh, it's not for the weak. <laughs> Were you working uh, like on your own or on this project? Yeah. Or did you have to, you to friends yeah. or anyone helping you out? Or? No, completely on my own. So a solo project It's completely my yeah. business. Uh, obviously, my partner at the time was super supportive. I've got a great support network who never thought, what are you doing? Like a lot of people were like, you realise you're going to be working late, you know, like nights. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of nature of the job. But yeah. um, no, a good support network at the beginning, because that's when you're really doubting, like whether yeah. you're doing the right thing. So how long did it take from like, you know, conceiving of it to actually opening the doors? To what is the timeline? I think I got made redundant in 2015. I found the premises in 2016 and okay. I knew it. Want, I wanted it to be on Boston Road in Hamwell. Right, because so you knew that. Other cute little independent uh, businesses on that road yeah. that I knew would work really well uh, alongside. And then I didn't get in until the end of 2016. And for some mad reason, I was so like... It's taken me so long to get to this stage. I'm going to open up as fast as possible. Oh <laughs> so I worked every single hour that 
the universe sent me. And yeah. within a month, I opened up, which is why I decided to open up a pub in the worst month for hospitality, January. Right. Because I was just so keen to get going. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the pub, because I've seen the pics um, of, of the inside of your pub. And, and you say you actually set it up for conversation, and that's really important for you. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. About what, what you did with the tables and set up so most micro pubs the main form of entertainment is conversation so we yeah. all kind of shun like your big tv screens with all the sports and loud music and all of that sort of thing so um i actually stole the idea from other micro pubs you go in and the tables are quite high yeah. so it means that if i'm standing up and somebody's sitting down we're at exactly the same eye level so it doesn't oh. create that sort of you know uh, imbalance of people yeah. like trying to talk up or talk down to people and then all of the seating is dispensed style all around the periphery of the pub so wherever you sit you're facing somebody or you're next to somebody <laughs> and so you're kind of forced to talk to somebody yeah. um, so if you don't enjoy conversation and you don't really like people it probably isn't the pub for you yeah and you you don't have anything like the sports on TV, the fruit machines that you would often get in pubs? No, no. I mean, really no distractions other than either you're chatting to me or somebody else who's actually working the service or you're chatting to somebody else who happens to be in there at the yeah, same time. I love that. So people obviously make friends in your yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty. My yeah. pub and all the other micro pubs, we have the same story where people who've lived in Hamwell for over 12 years and never met anybody in the area because that's wow. just the nature of London. You go to work, you go home and you know you're commuting and you don't really open your eyes to what's going on in your area have come to the dodo and have met like real friends and oh, that's really that's heartwarming i love yeah, that i love that too this episode is brought to you by amazon prime you know amazon prime is not just a shipping subscription right it's got everything including streaming tv and movies on prime video and of course prime's fast free shipping Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk about the headline drink, beer. Yes. <laughs> 
How do you go about sort of sourcing the beers, deciding what's going on in your rotation? You know, tell us about that. So we uh, champion independent microbreweries okay. and independent makers as much as possible. So we do have big brands in there. Like we're not all only um, independent, but we're fiercely independent is right. probably the way I would yeah. put it. So in the early days, I would go direct to microbreweries. Uh, post-pandemic, I would say it's a lot easier to go through distributors. And it's honestly like being a kid in a sweet shop. You just, you know, the sort of styles of beers that you might want. Yeah. And then you're just picking from a variation of, of those different styles. And then you also take on feedback from your clients, right, yeah. from the, your patrons that are drinking. So for some odd reason, we've become known as the pub that serves incredible, amazing dark beers and oh. really ridiculous pastry sours. Yeah. And your average pub just wouldn't stock those at all because no. they wouldn't shift through them. But for some odd reason, that's what everybody loves down the So dodo. something a bit more unusual as yeah. well. Because you said like, that you believe there's a beer style for everybody. Yeah, I definitely do. Even I like, if they don't like beer? Yeah, <laughs> even if you don't like beer. So my personal mission is always to try and convert people to dark beer. Yeah. So I always say, have you ever enjoyed like a Baileys or have you ever enjoyed an espresso martini? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then you're probably going to like a really luxurious imperial stout with lots of cacao nibs in it. Um, or you're going to like a really lovely coffee porter yeah. with a hint of vanilla. And that kind of gets people thinking again, uh, uh, away from, I don't like beer at all, which yeah. I definitely started from, not b like way before the dodo, thinking I didn't like beer because it was all like the big shiny lagers yeah. that didn't really taste of anything to me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there is a beer for everybody. Could you tell us a few of your favourite brewers? Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, they're no longer in Hanwell, sadly, because obviously the industry is... Yeah. really challenging at the moment so they've moved out of Hamwell but we used to have a brewery called Weird Beard and they brewed I remember do you remember them, them? yeah I yeah. do I With, saw their little cans in yeah. some of the pubs that I go to yeah, yeah. great branding like the skull face yeah. and all of that and they brewed some excellent beers and um, when they're rocking and rolling again properly I'm looking yeah. forward to getting them back in and we did brew a beer with them which became one of our bestsellers plus wow. one of their bestsellers as yeah. well. Um, so other breweries that we often have in, Thornbridge, who are kind yeah. of like your original craft beer brewery, yeah. I would say. They're great. They're good, such Solid. good quality, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Their Cocoa Wonderland is an excellent dark beer. Yeah. Um, and then Elusive Brewing are based in Finchamstead near Reading. Okay. Um, and they're a really excellent microbrewery run by amazingly lovely people as well, yeah. which always helps you buy in from, from other people. But um, their West Coast IPA, in particular Oregon Trail, is an excellent example yeah. of that piney, juicy IPA. Yeah. I'm thinking because you got into it two, 2017, so that's what, like um, six years ago. But And there's been such a revolution in, in the craft beer industry since then, hasn't there? Yeah. In terms of like more and more people embracing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's become way more accessible, obviously. Yeah. You like the brew dog before. You know, and before, ones, yeah, uh, it's so interesting, and I love the fact that you can throw anything into a beer and create yeah. a, a random flavor, or create you know like a beer that tastes like red jammy donuts with peanut butter and marshmallow. Yeah. Like, I just think it's fun. And do you think people are like more adventurous now in terms of asking? Like they're not scared to ask for a taste of things to sort of go on that. Yeah, we've always encouraged tasters in yeah. in the dodo, so I think uh, people do taste more freely now because yeah. you want to know what it tastes like before you actually dive in yeah. like no pale ales taste exactly the same no, but exactly, there must be thousands yeah, yeah. in the market <laughs> yeah let's talk a bit about community because i know that's a key message for you yes yeah. community is everything i think all micro pubs would say exactly the same thing yeah um 
you know, we're a community-focused pub. And what I mean by that is like real community. So like real connections, real human connection. And I'll often say that human connection is our love language, yeah, uh, which is our little strap line, because that's what it's all about for us. So we'll just bring people together so they have those moments yeah. and they form real friendships. And we'll do silly little things like allotment swap shops and that sort of thing to yeah. bring people together. And it's just... It's a wholesome way to make yeah. a living, quite frankly. And you said you had like, you know, punters who've like had babies and they've kind of grown, not grown up in your pub because yeah. that sounds really uh, dodgy. I'm not I doing know, illegal babysitting. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a little, um, he's not little actually, he's yeah. a really big child now. He's basically <laughs> the same size as me called Max and he had his first word in the dodo, mm. which was lovely. And the great and bad thing about the pandemic is obviously we didn't see kids for two years practically. Yeah. And then when they came back in, I was like, wow, wow. what's happened? You're like a, a yeah. small adult now. And we've had some really lovely moments with Max and his parents and that, you know, his childlike wonder will bring us grumpy, wary adults <laughs> yeah. together. Like, you know, we'll help him build a train bridge across the pub benches for his little <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Or, you know, one day he was giving out dinosaur stickers to us all and it was like Sunday night and we were all like, oh, got work tomorrow. And yeah. everyone just left feeling really happy. And yeah. I was like, he soothed us all, guys. Like our inner childs are all soothed because of young Max. And that's yeah, great, like that. to welcome families in and yeah. have those you know, life-affirming experiences. Yeah, and following their journeys yeah, as well because yeah. they're, they're in there. Um, let's talk about some of the events you put on because I saw on your website that you you made um, Christmas wreaths, you made, you had gingerbread house building. They've got really quirky events. Tell us about some of them. Yeah, uh, we've always done events. We love events down the dodo. Yeah. But um, obviously, as a result of post-pandemic, you have to yeah, create be... more of a reason for people to leave mm. their homes. But yeah, Christmas is rampant. So yeah, wreath-making... Gingerbread house decorating is really fun because it's quite competitive <laughs> and everyone just gets really aggressive with their decorating of gingerbread houses. We do free cheese board Sunday, the first Sunday of every month. And I know other microbubs do it wow. every month, really? uh, every week rather. They're a bit more generous than I am and they've got bigger budgets, clearly. Um, and my favourite ever quirky event in a micropub was uh, a dog blessing, which I'd love to do down the dodo. Aww. I've got two dogs. I love dogs. Um <laughs> I think it was the Upminster Tap and uh, yeah they had a local priest come down and do dog blessings which I love so you're yeah. going to find if you seek out your local microprop you're going to find quirky events of some sort yeah and I think that's exactly as you said like if people need an ex you know it, it's not just about going out for a drink there's something you can really get involved in and all of those events sound like you know they're, they're going to bring people together as well yeah definitely sometimes it's just a time for people to, to zone out of real yeah. life as well Uh we used to do doodle at the dodo. So we had like out, you know, kind of your mindfulness coloring and people, it was really yeah. calm Tuesday where it was really quiet <laughs> and people would just be sitting there quietly with a pint and coloring in and it was really relaxing and it's just not what you expect from a pub, I suppose. Yeah, I, I love the sound of that. You champion other local businesses as well, don't you? Especially in terms of food. Tell us about some of those. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed collaborating yeah. from day one. So um, once a month we have a Caribbean food pop up with Heart and Soul Caribbean food. There local mum and daughter um, and we've actually worked with them since the very first year so yeah. it's great that we still work with them and we still collaborate on new ideas and I'm really keen on championing mostly female-led entrepreneurs yeah. I would say it's a, a real big passion of mine yeah. um, but startups as well like I love food like food alongside beer is like the next big passion and it just it makes sense to marry the two and work with other yeah. people. So you've got, you said people are allowed to kind of 
bring in their own food from... Yeah. yeah. So part of the reason why I wanted to specifically be on Boston Road is I believe we've got the best fish and chip shop in West London. <laughs> What's called it called? The Golden Chip in oh, Hamwell. Nice. <laughs> so we're on the same road as them. They're literally across the road. Yeah. And we, because we don't have a kitchen, we let people bring in fish and chips from them into nice. the dodo. And I yeah. just think there's nothing better than, before my love of beer, it used to be a glass of champagne and fish and chips was my favourite <laughs> thing. So I hope people feel that same like, oh, this is so comforting and so nice when they come in with their fish and chips and oh, have a drink. That. I was going to ask you as well because I saw that you um, just before Christmas you were producing very small batches of gin yeah, and yeah, rum yeah. as well. Is yeah. that something that you're going to continue doing? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're still going strong. So the gin was a 2020 project because obviously pubs had to adapt yeah, you so had to do something. Much. Yeah, um, so gin was a 2020 project. Uh, so we've got house gin, which is really grapefruit forward, very like summery zesty. And the winter gin that we launch uh, once a year in December is more kind of warming spices, pepper, cuvee, yeah. and kind of toasty. Uh, and then the rum is a passion project. So gin I would say is probably not my headline favourite uh, spirit, but okay. rum I absolutely yeah, love. I agree. And it has to be dark and <laughs> sipping. So the rum was actually just a passion project. And I found a really great uh, UK distillery, which is quite unusual okay. uh, for the UK markets called Lazy Dog. They're the guys behind the rum. And we created this recipe together. And the idea is that it's my favourite style of rum, which is your caramel-coloured dark mm. sipping rum, loads of buttery notes on it, uh, paired with my favourite style of beer, which is an imperial stout. So it's got a hint of cacao nib and coffee in there as well. Wow. that's a, Is that on sale at the minute? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go and <laughs> I check that out. Some, sorry. <laughs> um, lastly, we know it's really tough out there at the moment, which is why we decided to start highlighting some great pubs in Olive's Love Your Local campaign. Pub and brew closures are happening more now than ever, aren't they? Yeah, it's a really terrifying time, if I'm honest. I think publicans and, and people who are in the hospitality world are very good at, you know, being show people, putting on the brave face. But it's really difficult at yeah. the moment is, is probably the one thing that I would never be afraid to admit. Like post-pandemic, visitor numbers haven't really recovered, sadly. The, the behaviour of people has changed so much yeah. that it's so easy to stay at home rather than going out and meeting people and enjoying yourself in, in the way that you did before. Uh, and it's scary with the cost of everything going up. So, for example, my energy is like 145% higher than it ever used to be. And I had to pay a, a whopping great big deposit just to sign a contract yeah. with my energy company. And it's unheard of. So we can only raise our prices a certain amount to cover that and then everything just gets taken out of our bottom line and our bottom line is really diminishing at the moment so it's tough breweries uh pubs restaurants we're all in the same boat yeah. at the moment i think that's what we're trying to highlight is it's not just going out for a pint like what you've been talking about today is you know you're like the hub of a community there's great events you can just go along and have a chat so it people have just got to get out there and, and keep supporting basically yeah definitely yeah. and maybe see it as maybe not just a pub like yeah. that, that's what I love like why I'm passionate to, to talking about community and, and yeah. that side of it because it has an impact to mental health you know wh whatever your views are on yeah. drinking alcohol actually um people get something impactful from being in a pub yeah, a lot absolutely. of the time and I think that's really important I agree um and what's coming up for you in the dodo this year what plans have you got Way more events. So we've got an exciting International Women's Day collaboration hopefully happening. Well, not hopefully, it will happen. We just need to do the <laughs> finer details. Yeah. Um, I don't know if products will continue this year. I think right. we might just continue 
increasing the distribution of our gin and rum would be a, a good basis. Yeah. But, um, and lots more collaborations, but out of our space, because obviously we're a micro pub. So the clues in, in the title, you know, we're even Small. at our busiest, we're max yeah. capacity is like 50, 60 people. But you can maybe take that vibe out elsewhere. Yeah, and yeah. We have it. done it in the past yeah. in amazing um, locations. So I'd love to do more of that and, and more kind of tastings and education kind of events would be yeah, great. I love that. And where can people keep in touch with what you're doing? Where's so the, the best place is always social media for us. So yeah. uh, I love Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. If you don't feel too old for TikTok, <laughs> I definitely am. But if you want to laugh, you can I've join I've seen your videos. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I think people should definitely join you there. So is that at... The Dodo the Micropub. The Dodo yeah. Micro. Brilliant. Oh, well, thanks again for coming to chat to us, Lucy. It's Thank been you so a pleasure. Much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For more information, head to olivemagazine.com and look out for our Love Your Local campaign online and on our social channels, where we'll be highlighting pubs we love and sharing our favourite recipes from them. You can also share your own favourite pubs with the hashtag OliveLoveYourLocal and we'll include them in our roundups. <laughs>